And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can follow the show, more importantly, on Twitter. That is at HEFPod. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash HEFPod. You can also email the podcast. That is Frankfurt at gmail.com. Do not do this show alone. And for this uh, episode of the show... I am joined once again by Roman in San Francisco. Hello, hello, everyone. And in case you're wondering why Brian sounds so whispery, it is 2 a.m. in the morning for you. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you do not want to wake up the whole house. So just in case you're wondering, uh, Brian won't be screaming and yelling uh, because otherwise the dog, Amy, she's going to freak out and going to wake up the neighbors. And for me, I, I, oh, I'm I only at 11 p.m. in the evening. And Brian, tell me and everyone why we're meeting that late of the hour on Monday. Well, you Roman, I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> Eintracht plays this Thursday against uh, Red Bull Salzburg, uh, one of the many arms of the kind of Red Bull football family. And let's be frank, we know very little about the Austrian Bundesliga. I don't know so any, we're, anything. It's we're going like... to be joined by a special guest coming up from the other Bundesliga podcast that covers uh, the Austrian Bundesliga in the English language. So stay stick with us for that. So it's Roman. the other Bundesliga, right? Because I didn't get it. When yeah. you tell me there is somebody from the other Bundesliga podcast, I was like... Okay, so the other, so which which Bundesliga podcast? I was like, Brian, let me know which one. And you're like, yeah, the other. <laughs> like, yes. I don't know. I know it's not that this one. It's the name. other yeah, one. It is literally the name. It's, it's the ironic. other Bundesliga podcast. Yeah, cool. It is. It's very ironic. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. I liked it though. I mean, I was. Yeah, I mean, I, I annoyed you a little bit, but tell me, I want to know anything, I want to find out, don't just tell me, other, which one, not the other, which one, yeah, so, that's, <laughs> wo ist, yeah, wo ist, wo ist die andere, yeah, so anyways, so I'm I'm excited, because as, uh, as you mentioned, I don't know anything about the Austrian Bundesliga, about the other Bundesliga, so to say, um, besides, of course, that I don't like or I think it's funny that their team's names are made of. Actually, I have to, a little bit in preparation to our call, I will have to go to uh, Kika and have a look at how the Austrian Bundesliga looks like. Because I think they have like, all these funny names, you know, like like a Red Bull. They're not owned by Red Bull anymore, right? They're just sponsored. Mm. I think they're just... Anyways, we can ask no, all these things. No, they're owned by Red Bull. It's Leipzig who's not, technically speaking owned by Red Bull and you know mm. and only most recently has like uh, the Austrian Bundesliga resumed and go figure that they would lose the very first match that they play competitively you know but we can get into that a little bit more so uh, once we really get into the exactly things. let's talk about what we do not want to talk about like there's some stuff we would like to skip obviously right just ignore maybe forget as fast as possible However, sometimes you just want to have a cigarette and just sit there and just kind of forget about things, right? Exactly. Even me who don't smoke, I wish I could somehow forget it. Yeah. And in case if anyone's wondering what the F kind of like cryptic stuff are y'all talking about, I'm talking about Eintracht Frankfurt Null Dortmund. Null. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we well, let's just leave it at yeah. that. Everyone, everyone else knows knows the real numbers. We don't need to get into details of this. Everyone knows it. You could look it up. It's all over the interwebs. You know, check out the real number. We don't talk about it. Anyways, um, yeah. What, what do you What do you say, Brian? Did you Did you Did you watch it? The full The full The whole nine yards. Um, I stopped at about the sixty fifth minute, and just said, "Screw it, I'm done." Yeah. And just kind of tuned out what was going on, despite the fact that I have uh, Bruce U. Dortmund f uh, f uh, friends 
and who were starting to message me. He's like, are you watching this? And I gave a message of, uh, <laughs> uh, get off of, uh, if anyone's seen Gran Torino, I gave a gift of uh, Clint Eastwood saying, get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> As to say, shut up and leave me alone. Because it wasn't exactly our best day at the... Wasn't exactly one of our best days. That's a friendly. That's a friendly, uh, friendly way of putting it. Yeah, not one of the best days. You know, close, but you know. Uh, no, I mean, I was also obviously, uh, I was shocked actually, and I tell you not because we lost, right? So don't you know? I mm. mean, of course, you know, I, I didn't expect to. I mean, already said uh, in. Uh, um, that is going to be a tough game. Okay, I thought. Uh, what did I, I think? I said one to two. Now, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, what did you say? Zero three or something? What was your? Anyways, um, anyways, doesn't matter. But uh, I think what what the scariest thing is there was only one shot on goal, one mm-hmm. single shot on goal, uh, and I think that is. Uh, and zero shot on target, by the way, right? Just to put that out yeah. as well. Shot on goal basically means that Timothy Chandler was the only one who kind of uh, shot in that direction. And because of that, obviously, guess, uh, Brian, um, even though you don't need to look it up, but how many corners did we get in the whole game? Null. Null. Zero. Like, I don't even remember uh, a game where there were zero corner shots by I mean zero which means they weren't even close to the the goal line right so I mean I mean not even Kostic or Chandler the two guys that we were praising like 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 crazy they weren't even able to run along the wing close to the f, f you know uh, um, uh, line and and that's ridiculous, you know, and that's what really scares me out of that game. And you can all talk about, you know, the things and about the tactical measures and, and you know, whether the strikers are not cold enough and this and that. I mean, this for me is like the worst statistic I've ever seen in an Eintracht game uh, in a long, long time. I think, I hope. I mean, I, I'm not a statistics mm. dude, but but uh, I think even like... I seem to recall a certain match in May... Of the most recent Bundesliga season, uh, I can recall a couple of matches w- which were pretty bad along. But that's that this bad. One. That bad. I mean, I would even bet that you that this one uh, famous uh, Frankfurt Bayern match, you know, where Oka Nikolov had to save forty shots, uh, you know, from uh, from uh, from his goal. I bet even in that match we had way more corners or shots on target. I mean, of course, way more is like two two shots on target would be already double, right? But that shows like how uh, how ridiculous uh, that situation was. Yeah. So I think you would have to go for that statistic itself. And and in addition, I think the uh, the possession wasn't that bad, and the mileage run wasn't that bad either. So you couldn't really say like you know they didn't run enough or they were lazy or they were not fit or whatever. You can't. They were fit enough. They were capable of doing of running down, uh, of running enough uh, miles kilometers down. But they were just they didn't they didn't make it to the end of the of the pitch. You know, and not even close to it. And this is what I think is shocking. It was pretty shocking. Look, this is not one that's going to go down in the record books as one of the Eintracht's more memorable performances. This is going to be just one that the team has got to be like, you know what? Eventually we will be brought down to Earth. This was a real shock to the system and was a little bit of, hey, you know what? Like, whilst you can play good... You still have to be on your A game, and a certain other team, who it, when they are throwing, when they have their A game on, can be so stinking dangerous that you know it's basically like, it's like you know, do you really want to defuse a bomb? Because you're either gonna win or you're gonna lose, and you know if you don't have your A game. You're gonna lose. Yeah, but this see this team with this countdown. That's exactly what I mean. But I don't think we were really talking about a game or not. You know, like I mean, I mean, I don't like don't get like it's not. 
I mean, like I said, losing to Dortmund is okay. And even by that number is also okay. You know, can happen. You're playing against the uh, probably one of the best offenses uh, the Bundesliga has to offer, right? So um, that's all fine. What I think is horrible that you're also playing against a very bad or not the best defense. And you can't even make it run once or twice to get a stupid corner. You know, that's just... Anyways, uh, that's just me. There's not much else to say about exactly. that. Exactly, yeah. Roman, so I think we can <laughs> kind of get over to our special interview, shall we? Woo! All righty. And with that, we will almost come to an end of segment one. But Roman, you know what it is time for? What are we drinking? What are we drinking? Hashtag, what are we drinking? What do people... What, what is Roman drinking? What is Roman drinking these days? What were you drinking during the match? Okay, well, that's the good, that's the better question. <laughs> I know, it's actually not that nice. So I, during the match, I was drinking Bud Light. I know it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> um, probably one of the most, uh, you know. Anyways, um, it was, I, ne I needed a lighter beer because it, I still had meetings and a workshop to do and stuff and I do startup advisory, so I was meeting with some other. Anyways, I couldn't, I couldn't drink uh, too much, so I had to go to Bud Light. I had four of those though, so that's two liters. Uh, still, you know, four, four pints. Still a, not, a Only lot. Only two liters? Yeah, well, you know, it's like, I know. I know, I know, I know. I wanted to drink less, but it, the, the game was just like I couldn't, I uh, couldn't, um, yeah. But le le let's, let's put it this way. I was there with cool people, and uh, we were able to chat a little bit about things. So, uh, you know, even though the game was not the center of, it wasn't as important as it needed. Um, because, you know, we, there are a few Eintracht supporters in San Francisco, so you never need to watch a game by yourself. You can always find people. Uh, actually, this Thursday as well, we will be watching at South Beach Cafe in down the Embarcadero in San Francisco. So if you are in town, that's where you can find it. I'm probably going to post something on Twitter and um, uh, Facebook soon. But what am I drinking right now? Actually, nothing. I'm just having water. Because I'm also fasting right now. So um, for me, no alcohol today, just water. Um, come on, Roman. Lent hasn't started just yet. I know, but I'm, 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 I'm doing... Uh, um, I'm, I'm basically permanently... Or I'm, I'm uh, interval fasting, right? So uh, I'm doing... Well, I'm doing now 40 hours. That's what I'm doing right now. So that's why I can't, I can't even break it late or early. So... 40 hours, no food. That's what I'm doing right now. And of course, no calories. So calorie restricted. 40 hours. So I cannot, I can, I'm not going to break it just for a tweet. So there, hence, water. What about you, Brian? What are you having at 2 a.m. in the morning? Not well, on a weekend. Well, I have had a very, very long day. It was a very long weekend, thanks to Eintracht kind of feeling that life. And look, eventually, uh, this is why we signed up for the Moody Diva. We signed up for the good times, we signed up for the bad. But hey, you know what? Um, a time like this, I am saying goodbye to winter entirely. And I am drinking Sam Adams Winter Lager. So, uh, saluting the last of the winter beer that I have. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, it's a pretty good uh, amber drink that's going to make me be able to kind of forget just for a little bit uh, the horribleness that was uh, Friday. And it also creates a great distraction for uh, Eintracht Emmy, who loves her, who has her own opinions on beer and has on more than one occasion tried to stick that snout right down into the into my stein to uh, sample for herself. So, Sweet. And that on President's Day, right? Because today is, is it national holiday or is it a federal, yeah, a national, national, federal, yeah. 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 Celebrating the president, uh, George Washington. You yes. Have to um, right. Officially for George Washington. Uh, they also kind of incorporate uh, Abraham Lincoln as the other famous president uh, for President's Day, but it really is just around uh, for George Washington yeah, specifically. Gotta, so we should, we should we should point that out, especially you know at the moment you know um, where you celebrate oh. presidents. Yeah, would be funny though if we had something like a Bundeskanzler attack, you know, in German in Germany, 
you know. So that would be a nice, uh, you know, maybe celebrating Adenauer or somebody. I don't know. Um, but uh, it would be interesting. Yeah. Anyways, we don't have that. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least not yet. Anyways, so that's gonna wrap <laughs> it up for segment one of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Stay with us. We're gonna have more exciting stuff to talk about Eintracht as we preview Eintracht versus Salzburg, uh, leg one uh, against in the uh, Europa Pokal. So uh, stay with. <laughs> And now, a special extra podcast uh, bit that we kind of teed up just a little bit ago uh, to talk about Eintracht versus Salzburg. Um, as we have very little knowledge of the Austrian Bundesliga, the Österreich Bundesliga, we thought we would bring in a little help. So, um, joining us uh, from lovely Vienna and from the other Bundesliga, podcast Which one? As it, <laughs> uh, it covers the austrian bundesliga but it is known as the other bundesliga podcast it is tom in vienna Woo! Hello, tom. Uh, yeah thanks thanks for having me on <laughs> thanks for it's joining pleasure. us exactly i figured you know after you had asked us to uh put our tidbits in oh i think this was like last may uh uh, to kind of give our information on what Hinterrega and Adi Hutter had done for the Eintracht, I figured it was only uh, it was only best that we would uh, bring you guys back into the fold so that you could help us kind of get a little find out a little bit about Salzburg because most uh, people who follow the German Bundesliga they know Holland and he no longer is in uh, Salzburg. Good Lord. Thank you so much. If you are out there, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, Haaland, I mean, what, what an impact he had at Salzburg this season. And it's interesting to, to note that, you know, Haaland was not the star in Salzburg before this season. He came up super fast and now he's gone already. You know, sorry about that. I won't mention Haaland in the, in the German Bundesliga right now. Um, yeah. But, too much. But, but already, you know, the big question here is will, will Salzburg feel the heat of this you know that this is their normal business model but usually they don't their players don't attract so much attention that people are desperate to snap them up in winter you know usually yeah. maybe this would wait till the end of the season or or people would line up and move in winter to take somebody away from Salzburg in summer but this year you've had Highland and Minamino both going in winter already and so it's kind of this unknown thing that Salzburg haven't had to deal with too often of um yeah what what will they do down the home stretch of the season without their their best players from the first half so of the season so wait a second. So nobody knew about Harland uh, just like uh, in, let's say, June last year. Like he yeah, was I not. Think... I think unless you followed the Norwegian top flight, then no, you probably wouldn't have known about very much about Harland. No, 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 no. no we, uh, when he scored, like, I think it was like the f a hat trick or even got up to like five goals in the under 20 World Cup. I think that was the first time I ever had heard of him. And so, oh, he's so on the ben books Salzburg. And I thought immediately, I'm like, ah, oh, crap. This guy's going to so, become good. And uh, he's just going to go to Leipzig. But go figure, he goes to Dortmund instead. Just super yeah, Wait a second. So he's he's not from the farm team. He's not from Salzburg's farm team. He's They they spotted him and made him in half right. a year. Yeah, a little bit longer. So actually, they brought him from Mulder. Um, I, ju I, I could plug an article that I wrote on this actually on the other Bundesliga.com. But there's um, he, he was a player who came over from Moda. Yeah, he scored. I think he scored a triple hat trick last last year. He scored a triple hat trick for Norwegian for a, a youth side, like a Norwegian under 20 side. Um, and Salzburg brought him over from from Moda. And even then, like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, you know, Manchester United manager, a Norway legend. He was sort of interested then. Um, but he chose Salzburg instead because he saw that as the place to grow his own career. He saw that as the place to sort of fulfill his potential or, or at least help 
uh, and the next yeah. step along the way. And obviously he made the right call. So he actually deliberately signed with Salzburg on the basis of, of getting uh, a low release clause in the contract too, which is interesting because then, of course, you don't know if that's going to come into play or not. But then when you play as well as you do in the Champions League, as, as well as he did in the Champions League, then, of course, a low release clause is, uh, is going to attract people. Yeah. Kind of, it, it, it seems like it backfired on Salzburg in a way, but actually it was kind of always part of the plan from, from Haaland's side of things. It was uh, have, this, have this low clause so that as soon as he starts playing well, a move to somewhere bigger is, is available and is possible. Smart move. I hope he, he he's going to be. I mean, he already is better than Kovac with his little uh, low low move clause. You know, from being able to move to Bayern for a little bit of money. That's cool. That's interesting. I didn't know that about about him. Um, okay, yeah, just nine a, goals so in the uh, under twenty World Cup uh, against Honduras, and that's where he made his big splash when Norway won twelve yeah. to nil. And yeah. uh, this past summer's uh, under twenty World Cup in Poland, but go on. Huge, but yeah, he was he was at Salzburg last season. He just was uh, sort of yet to make his breakthrough. Salzburg had a full squad. You know, their first team were packed with with people, and Dabur was top scorer in the Bundesliga. So they didn't need Haaland that much. And then uh, when it came to the first game of this season, he didn't score. But we we watched the opening game this season against uh, Salzburg against Rapid, which is a great opening game of the season. You know, two of the biggest sides going head to head. Um, and he just looked brilliant. And you thought, wow, this guy from the sort of the fringes last year, he wants to break through this year. And uh, and he sure went and did that. But we didn't quite see anything happening as quickly as it did. You know, it wasn't like Haaland has been this yeah. this star of Salzburg for the last two or three seasons waiting to waiting for a big move. You know, he's just come on the scene super fast and gone away again already. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm famous be... for stupid questions. So um, how how did Salzburg, like how is their attack look like, let's say, before Haaland? And, you know, maybe since it's so recent that Haaland is big in the game that we could maybe get the prognosis on the strength of the attacking side of Salzburg in the pre-Harland era, um, which was just recently. So what is, um, who, what, what can we expect from those guys? Like where they, even like with Harland, did they always play with two strikers or um, what, what, what was the type of soccer that Salzburg played um, they, on the offensive they vary side. a little bit. They, they vary a little bit, um, but they used to have, uh, as I mentioned, Munas Tabur, and then they'd often play two up top as well. And so you had a few players have had a bit of a career in Germany as well, sort of in the meantime or dovetailed with their time at Salzburg. So you had Dabur and you had Huang Hichan. Mm -hmm. uh, Huang then went on loan to Hamburg and had a terrible loan spell at Hamburg, came back to Salzburg this season and lit up the Champions League as well. So that was really interesting. Uh, a lot of Hamburg fans scratching their heads at that one after uh, some pretty bad performances last season for Hamburg in the second division in Germany. Um, and Munas Dabur, who I mentioned, was the top scorer, the Israeli striker. So he was the pretty much the, the ever-present attacker at Salzburg for the last couple of years. Mm. Um, and he then moved on to Sevilla, Never broke through at Sevilla. Didn't really have any impact there. And now he's at Hoffenheim, I believe. That's he's correct, just yes. moved through to Hoffenheim. Yeah, scored a couple of goals against Bayern the other week. Hmm. That's cool. But they always played, you know, they, with Marco Rosa, they won the league titles and stuff. And, and they played Munchen Gladbach's Marco Rosa now. Yes. Munchen Gladbach's Marco Rosa, exactly. There's so many links to, to German football here. It's the sort of the natural stepping stone from Austria, of course. It's the natural next step. Um, but yeah, they played they played a similar yet different style. You know, Red Bull have this philosophy of often quick transition play, uh, direct, fast attacking football. They they sort of let the defenders, the, the fullbacks will come forward and create things as well, which which can leave them vulnerable sometimes. But but they like to go go all out for it with sort of lightning attack style. And they did that with Marco Rosa. They're still doing that now with Jesse Marsh. They just do it in a slightly different way. But yeah, you can still expect a lot of a lot of attacking football from Salzburg, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean this this is almost what I what I feared. And, and apparently, like we work pretty well with teams who have a very attacking forward <laughs> irony off. But uh, yeah, oh yeah, actually now I now I now I get it yet yeah, because like I heard that um, some Dortmund people were like uh, as the next coach, you know, they thought about Jesse Marsh actually as a successor to Favre. I mean, like, but who's not successor to Favre? You know. Um, But interesting. Okay, that's cool. That's interesting. Well, one thing that I am kind of curious about 
is, you know, Jesse Marsh. I look, I I never hide the fact that I am American and love promoting any American who is on the books of any Bundesliga club, including those of Borussia Dortmund, of uh, which they only need to watch more and more of Gio Reyna, a scary, talented kid coming up. But Jesse Marsh is seen as the single uh, bright shining star of the American soccer coach. Uh, I yeah, sticking with that word wording right there. What has he done? I mean, he's taken over from Marco Rosa, who did a lot of stuff uh, for Salzburg. You know, getting them what was it? Uh, quarterfinals and semifinals and back-to-back seasons in the Europa League, whilst never able to participate in the Champions League. I mean, uh, Jesse Mars has been able to enjoy the fruits of those labors, but has he kind of? You know, has he contributed uh, to without like has he been able to stand on his own two feet or is this very much him standing on one foot and the other foot uh, that is propping him up is that of the work of previous coaches? I think that's a really interesting question, but I definitely think that Marsh has been standing on his own two feet here. I think he's the kind of guy that does that anyway. He's got a very strong personality. He's He's a really nice guy as well. We've met him and interviewed him a few times. Really respectful guy, you know, not only with his media commitments, but also always about the opponents. You know, he's 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 somebody who doesn't give the impression of underestimating anybody else and he wants to work hard. He's definitely a product of the Red Bull system. You know, he he knows that. He's he's part of that Red Bull coaching system. But in a way, you know, people ask about his his links with Ralph Rangnick as well in Germany and He's learning, he's absorbing stuff, but he's definitely going out there and, and forging his own his own style. So whilst, of course, anybody coming in at Salzburg has the benefit of the great work that Marco Rosa did there, the coaches really turn around quite quickly in Salzburg. It tends to be just a few years. You know, people don't get a whole era to sort of set the club up in their own style. So the club has this Red Bull style, the, the type of football they want to play, the image that they want to give off on the pitch is this kind of Red Bull image. And, and Marsh is... Marsh's football is no exception to that, but he's been able to make his own stamp on the squad, and that's been helped by a few things, not least the fact that a lot of the key players under the Marco Rosa era, they left this summer. You know, a lot of them ended up in Germany too. I mentioned Dabur, of course, leaving. There's uh, Xaver Schlager, who is a really good young talent. Uh, he's now at Wolfsburg in Germany. There's Hannes Wolf as well, who is uh, at Leipzig and struggling he, he suffered a really bad injury in the uh, in the year in the youth euros this summer so that sort of scuppered his move to germany but you know these were huge talents who who left and jesse marsh had to then sort of deal without all of the star players from last season really and and you try and find some new star players this season he was also kind of lucky in a way and unlucky in a way that he had to start right away in the champions league it turned out to be the best possible thing for him because Salzburg had never managed this Champions League. And then finally, they didn't have to worry about qualification this year. Um, eventually, that came down, uh, you know, that trickled through from the fact that they had these semifinals in the Europa League and the, and the quarterfinal in the Europa League as well. That earned them enough points to eventually skip qualifying for the Champions League group phases. And that gave them this huge stage, you know, a lot of pressure and this huge stage. And Marsh is so good with working with young players that he really had, had his young side acting like they were so ready for this this occasion. They've been on the cusp of Champions League for years. They never made it. Now, this time they're here, they're not going to tense up. They're not going to be frightened of it. They're just going to go for it. And I think they won a huge amount of admirers this season in the Champions League with the kind of football that they played and the kind of fearlessness with which they, they approached their opposition. You know, they got some brilliant wins, tons of goals, conceded a load of goals too, but they were super fun to watch. And they were kind of this new team on on the European stage. And uh, yeah, Marsh, Marsh should take a lot of credit for that. And I think he's gained a lot of admirers. So he's doing really well. Although when we recorded our last podcast here, our last Austrian podcast, um, we've got people asking already, like, is Marsh a failure? You know, is Marsh a, a fraud, basically? Because Salzburger are not top of the Bundesliga anymore which is a shock, you know, in, in what most people assume to be a, a one team. It would have been my next question, but uh, yeah, keep on, <laughs> keep on going. Yeah. Okay. So this, this Friday, you know, in the two teams going into the Europa League clash, which I'm sure we'll talk about very soon as well. Um, both, both of the teams came in off, off losing, you know, losing Bundesliga weekends because Salzburg had 
the first game back after the winter break, or their first league game back after the winter break, I should say, and it was against the team who are the surprise team of Austria this season, as Lask uh, from from Linz or from just outside Linz, technically, mm-hmm. um, the third biggest city in Austria. So those two went head to head on Friday night um, in the the duel at the top of the Bundesliga, and Salzburg lost their first game of the season, and uh, and yeah, to the team that they really didn't want to lose to to Lask. So now Lask have taken over at the top. Just by one point, you know, the margin is almost yeah. irrelevant, really, how yeah. close yeah. things yeah. are at the top of the league. But uh, that's the end of a really long, unbeaten run, stretching back years. Salzburg haven't lost at home in the Bundesliga for years. So it's quite a, um, like a, a mental hurdle for Lask to actually be able to do that. Because Lask have looked like the real deal for the whole season. But yeah, that's crazy, because they also have a 10-point lead, right, to the third, so to say. Right? right. I mean, that's yeah, pretty exactly. much like those two, they've got to make it uh, among themselves. And... Um, yeah, interesting. You'd have to expect so. Th- that lead will actually be cut in half soon, uh, just given the way the Austrian league works. So it c- you could have uh, the teams of third and fourth still kind of in touch, but in reality and, and in the form table and in just the quality of, of these two teams, mm. it's going to be between Salzburg and Lask, whatever happens. Surely it would be a massive surprise if anybody else got involved in the title race because those two teams are far and away uh, better than anyone else but you know w- when you look at the league and you see that Salzburg aren't winning I, I get that you can say like oh what's Marsh doing wrong personally I think it's it's very little to do with that bear in mind you know this was their first defeat all season they've had this great Champions League campaign um, you you can't really criticize Marsh for that you, they've lost one game you know it's, it's actually more of a testament to how well Lask have done and nobody really expected Lask to hang with Salzburg for this long in the season but they they have been absolutely brilliant and you you can't really praise Lask enough on the budget they've got you know they've got a a whole bunch of players that nobody's really heard of hence why nobody came in to buy their players in winter which is kind of stupid because I'm sure a lot of clubs could have picked up Lask players really cheaply and uh, they didn't do it so it's uh, well you're preaching you're preaching to the choir (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean, every, yeah, everything, I mean, personally, I mean, everyone on the podcast knows and how much uh, I or we dislike anything that has these sugary drinks uh, included, you know, um, it's poisonous anyways, pure poison, don't drink that shit. And, uh, um, but uh, yeah, you know, like, so I'm, I'm happy to see that uh, the, the Red Bull team is not up front um, and that Linz's car is kind of, yeah, making it a little bit more exciting put it that way so that's pretty cool definitely making it more exciting it would be great to see them stick with Salzburg down the stretch for the rest of the season and they're still in the Europa League as well Linz they won their group with uh, PSV Eindhoven and Sporting Lisbon and stuff so you know what a season they're having that is super Whoa. cool so let's uh, let's uh, try to support them uh, on 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 staying the the successful Austrian team in the Europa League uh, in that case because the other one sorry to say <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just has to go, you know. I'm sorry. I mean, um, that's just my personal. Roman, I think that's uh, kind of our opinion. job, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's why. That's what I'm saying. It's now up to us. You know, we kicked Leipzig out of the uh, DFB Pokal, and now we're gonna. We have to get rid of Salzburg out of the Europa League, and you know, to make sure that our Austrian friends uh, from Linz, you know, um, move up a little bit further, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what has what what has to come down to. Like we have exactly. to save the Austrian league again, uh, as we did the German <laughs> Bundesliga, with making sure that Leipzig loses and Bayern stays up to the race. Well, I mean, I don't. I yeah, don't absolutely. It's uh, it should be a great game, though. Uh, this is really the draw that I wanted. I think a lot of people in Austria were hoping for this. Salzburg probably were hoping for a little, a slightly easier draw, and perhaps. Uh... Well, I would think that. Uh... With the way that the uh, Austrian Bundesliga is at the moment, and Lask and uh, Red Bull kind of in their current place, Tom, I don't know if you can kind of agree with me, but I would like to think that uh, this is a race that can come down to the very end. Roman, I think uh, I will agree with you. And that uh, this is something that it will be great if everything can keep uh, going on. Because, like you said, you know, we interrupted everything when it came down to um, uh, interrupting the Bundesliga itself. And why not do it for the Austrian Bundesliga, even if we're just lending just a hand just for a brief moment. So, 
Um, one thing I want to now get to is Eintracht versus Salzburg. So we've kind of broken down some of the things that are going on in the Austrian uh, Bundesliga. Uh, let's get to more of what is to be expected uh, from Salzburg. So that being said, how about we take a look at what uh, what is available to Salzburg to uh, throw at uh, this matchup? Yeah. So, in terms of players, you mean? Yeah. Uh, what what kind of what kind of assets are, is available to Jesse Marsh that he's going to be able to start delving into? Because uh, one thing I did uh, check on uh, for the. As uh, the names that most people know when it comes to the Austrian Bundesliga are the two uh, clubs that reside in Vienna, uh, and they happen to be uh, as Red Bull has already lost, lost to Lask. Guess what? They now have a um, match in Vienna against Austria, uh, Austria Vienna. So that will provide them with a very difficult uh, league encounter in between the two. Uh, legs of the Europa League uh, round of 32. So what kind of uh, squad movement will uh, Jesse Marsh be? Uh, what will Jesse Marsh be doing in terms of kind of rotating his players in? Because um, based on that, uh, quite uh, interesting next three matches. It is an interesting next match, but actually at the moment, Austria-Vienna are really struggling this season. They're having a dreadful oh. season. They're stuck in the bottom six of the table, um, and they have been easy as anything to roll over for the bigger sides. And in many ways, it's kind of the... It, it's it's not the kindest of draws, but it's certainly... It's not a bad game to have in between the two Eintracht legs. So I think they'll be quite happy about going to Austria-Vienna on Sunday um, they they'll be heavy favourites to to get back to winning ways in that one. You know, I, I didn't even mention the scoreline in this game against Lask. They lost three two at home. Um, they weren't that bad in that game. It has to be said, it it wasn't a miracle for Lask, but it, by no means was it a miracle. But um, by the they've same only, token, yeah, Salzburg's was, only been you know, averaging. Salzburg could have won it. They've been averaging what? Uh, did the Simple math here just a little bit ago, going back to the numbers. And Red Bull has been averaging 3.58 goals per a match. Um, last time I checked, that's some pretty staggering numbers. And whilst they have uh, had two major uh, losses uh, in the transfer, January transfer window. Um, though I am kind of curious about some of the other ones that are left, because obviously we talk about Holland. Uh, Mino, Minamino has gone to Liverpool, uh, but uh, a Croat has left for uh, Wolfsburg. That kind of flew under the radar for me. And Pongracic. Pongracic, yeah. Yeah, Brian Pongracic. Right, yeah. Niangbu uh, has gone to uh, uh, Ghent in uh, Belgium. Um, seems like it, you got. It seems like there's just no ending to the exodus of players. But there are. There does seem to be at least one player who's been brought in uh, from the Swiss Super League to kind of, I guess, bolster numbers. But I think that might be more of a player for the future. I mean, is this a slightly depleted Salzburg due to the January transfer window, or um, is this Red Bull team just got a lot more talent than we know of waiting in the wing? I think kind of both of those things are actually true. So it's definitely a depleted Salzburg side. You can't argue with it. You know, Haaland was their best striker really in 2020 on the second half of 2019. Sorry. Um, and Minamino was absolutely brilliant in the attacking midfield role. You can't simply play, next season or, or the, the next year without those two players and expect everything to be the same. But then Pongracic was Pongracic was a very good player, um, but they have made a smart decision financially there to, to move Pongracic on. He was not, he wasn't the same. Um, he didn't have the same impact on the Salzburg squad. You know, he was a very good football player, but at the same time, they've got other players um, in, in the sort of defensive half of midfield and at the back, they've, they've got a lot of talent and the, the, 
the opportunity came along to sort of make quite good money for Pongracic. So I think they just thought, why not, you know, balance the books, put a bit of money in the coffers. And they basically spent that exact money on this guy from Basel that you mentioned, uh, Noah Okafor, probably mm. a player for the future. But um, that's the first time we've seen Salzburg kind of outmuscle other teams in the financial market for a change. They used to, uh, they tend to bring their players up through the youth team or through, you know, through their scouting networks. And this time they actually bid, you know, outbid other teams for, for Okafor and, and prized him away from Basel and sort of used a bit of financial muscle which was kind of uh, made possible by this Pongracic deal. So they've strengthened there, although I think, as you mentioned, yeah, he's probably one for the future, really. I, I'd be surprised. It could happen, but I'd be surprised if Okafor comes on and makes a huge impact um, in this the Eintracht tie. Um, he might play a bit part, but it'd be, it would be a surprise. You know, it would be his kind of first big uh, achievement in Salzburg if he were to, to get a goal in this tie. Um, and also, you mentioned Nyangbo moving on. Well, and Anderson Nyangbo is actually a very good prospect at, at Red Bull Salzburg, but actually he'd been out on loan for the, the last couple of seasons. Um, so they brought him back from his loan and then sold him on to Belgium. So he will not be missed in that sense. You know, he's, he's not part of the setup anymore, but he was never going to be somebody who was going to feature really in this tie anyway. Um, and the other players that Salzburg have brought through, they've recalled uh, Mergen Berisha from his loan deal. He's a, a Germany under-21 player. He was on loan out at Altach in the Austrian Bundesliga. Uh, he's a good player to look out for. I wouldn't be surprised if he came on as a substitute on Thursday. And uh, probably the more interesting player is Karim Adeyemi, although I'm not sure he will even feature because he's so young, still a teenager. Uh, Adeyemi, the young German player, uh, is also available for Salzburg's UEFA Youth League side at the moment. So they're going really well in the Youth League. Adeyemi is a big part of that. Um, but if he if he were to be on the bench for Thursday's game, you know, this is a player with incredible amount of talent, but still really, really young. So keep your eyes out for, for Karim Adeyemi, definitely. Salzburg always is really good at uh, kind of bringing through the young guys. And but having that splash of veteran talent that is able to allow for the young guys to thrive, who are some of the older, established, old, you know, good old heads that are available to Jesse Marsh to deploy against the Eintracht? There are not too many at Salzburg, but uh, the left back or left winger, uh, Andreas Ulmer, is the main one. He's the captain. Um, 32 or 33, I can't remember exactly now. Uh, he's uh, what definitely one That's of the most not senior that players old. in the squad. For Salzburg, <laughs> this is very hard to know. He's, he's a full 10 years older than their, their average age, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah, also, I, I'm 32 as well, so I suppose it's weird when you talk about the ages of footballers as if they're really old. But, uh, yeah, he's he's got a lot of experience on his shoulders. You know, he's uh, he's... He was a key part of the side that did so well in the Europa League. He's one of the few players that's, you know, he's lived through lots of different eras of, of this Salzburg team and uh, he's still going really well. So expect him to, to put, pull on the captain's armband on Thursday. There's Ulma. Who else have you got? I mean, even their, their keeper, Stankovic, is only 27 or something. He becomes one of the older players in the squad. There are, there are not too many in there. Romalio, the centre-back, again, he's still not very old, but um, Romalio has been at Salzburg for a long time back and forth via other clubs too. But Romalio is one of them, one of these guys who's been there and done that on the European stage with Salzburg as well. So look out for those guys. What about uh, one of one of uh, our parish, uh, one of our Werder Bremen experts' favorite players of all time, Janusovic, is uh, with you guys, with uh, with Salzburg. Is he, is he, not, is he not being featured with uh, Red Bull since uh, his acquisition, or is he uh, now that he is definitely on the other side of the hill that he is being seen as a you know deploy when needed sort of player? I know that's actually uh, very good that you mentioned Yunusovic, another one of the players at Red Bull in his thirties, and he's uh, he's been a really big feature this season. He's been used heavily in the midfield of Jesse Marsh at Salzburg, and uh, he's got a real reputation especially for being a free kick specialist. He's, uh, he's absolutely deadly mm-hmm. from set piece. So definitely watch out for that. Um, he's he scored a few times this season, and it's become almost inevitable now. If you have a free kick on the edge of the box in Austria, Yunusovic will take it, and he will score it. So <laughs> that might be actually something that comes into play on uh, in this tie. His familiarity with uh, the Eintracht, with the Colmitz Bank Arena, 
I seem to recall at least one of his goals coming against the Eintracht. I believe that was in the Roman. If do you remember that two-two draw that we had against uh, Werder Bremen, where Abraham had that screamer that caromed off the crossbar, and um, I think that was in Nico Kovac's second sp- uh, season uh, when we were starting to hit that spring faltering uh, yeah. before we uh, made it to the Pokal. Do you remember that? I I do, but I mean I don't have I I don't have real clear pictures in my head of it right now, right? So, and it's always I like oh, I always think it's tough to tough to uh, yeah, I don't know like the way they they played in in Bremen versus probably now in Salzburg. I don't know, but it's definitely an interesting interesting player, and and uh, you know those are the kind of players where I think that can hurt Frankfurt, right? Because they they have the Bundesliga experience, so to say. You know, they know what to expect. You know what to what you know what's what's going to hit them so to say uh, and and to prepare for for the impact yeah and i think that jesse marsh has gotten uh, i am not under any shadow of a doubt that jesse marsh uh, has learned quite a lot i mean taking away his, taking his knowledge from major league soccer here in the united states of america where we both live to then uh to the german bundesliga where he was a uh, second uh assistant to Ralph Ranick uh, at Leipzig last season and now to the Austrian Bundesliga with Salzburg. I'm thinking that he has, you know, there's a tiny bit of watch the entirety of that Eintracht Dortmund match and it's probably like, yeah, I may not have an island, but I can do that. Yeah, but you know that's that's actually you know that would be the good thing. Remember that game uh, we played uh, uh, or we lost against Paderborn, right? Wasn't that right in between? Uh, which one was that? Was that uh, right in between the Leipzig games, so to say? You know where mm-hmm. you can you basically just screw up the whole. You know you can't really learn from that. You know or put it this way, I hope they're studying this Dortmund game intensively. And hopefully Frankfurt will play completely different, and therefore, you know, um, kind of screw the um, uh, yeah the plan, so to say, right? Because you, they should, if if I were those guys, I would look at the Leipzig games, right, and look at some good games of Eintracht, you know, ones where they won, and see how to beat them, and not only, you know, not only look the look at the games where they kind of lost. Mm-hmm. I can agree yeah, with Jesse that. Yeah, Jesse Marsh has kind of established himself as quite a flexible coach too. So we saw in the Champions League a few times when things weren't going Salzburg's way, he actually made some big changes to the midfield and, and mixed things up during the game. So maybe we'll see that too. Mm. Well, I would like to see what uh, Borussia is able to bring to the bring to the fold because he does, uh, he seems to scream out to me that he is one of those next big things that is... It's only a matter of time before someone else uh, picks him up. That being said, um, gonna need to get into prediction time, uh, Tom, because we've had we've kept you we've kept you for plenty of time here on Hey I Tracked Frankfurt. Um, it's time to get to our predictions. As you are our guest, Tom, uh, what do you think is gonna happen in leg one, and then? Well, uh, if you want to go out, uh, hang yourself out on that big old limb, uh, where do you th- who is going forward into the round of 16? Okay, I'll, I'll go for it. So there's the podcast team here at the other Bundesliga are split on this. Um, <laughs> and, and my take is that it's, it's, the, it's the most interesting tie, I think, in this round of the Europa League. These are two sides with ambitions to go a long way in the, in the competition. It's a very cool draw. You know, whenever you've got an Austrian team versus a German team, it's, it's an exciting prospect. So I'm really excited about it, first and foremost. It should be a really, really great game and a great tie over yeah. two legs. I think if Salzburg can get a decent enough result in Germany, I think Salzburg will do it. They're still a tough proposition at home. Uh, there's so many question marks. There's so many factors on this because now Salzburg have finally lost this unbeaten run at home in Europe as well as in the league. Um, this is sort of new territory for, for Salzburg. They're so comfortable usually at home. And, and maybe the that one just started first. as well, right? Like they exactly, only had one yeah. game. And yeah, so they're basically cold started. Exactly, yeah. So there's, there's definitely factors that are going to play in Eintracht's favour, not least, you know, the, the personnel changes at Salzburg too. But then I think Jesse Marsh is the real deal and I think this side, have, we, there's so much talent coming through. I, 
I think it's a big moment for Salzburg. You know, if they get knocked out now, that people will say by selling their players in winter, they've kind of shot themselves in the foot here and they had a real chance of, of going deep in the Europa League. So, so it's, it's awkward. It's just sort of high pressure for them. But I feel like they maybe will lose 2-1 in Frankfurt or, or get, get an away goal and, and go and, and take that home to Salzburg and, and kind of play like the Salzburg of old. And maybe we'll see the coming of age of one of these new players, yeah, Borussia perhaps, scoring the goal at, uh, in Salzburg, which takes them through. That's my gut feeling is they'll go through in a tight game. How many people fit into the Austrian in the in the Salzburg Stadium? Uh, it's about twenty nine thousand, I think, on European days, nights. Mm. Is it is it usually packed? Like, do a lot of people go uh, for the league games? Not so much. It's a uh, for the league games. They actually, like, um, they have sort of canvas things over the top tier of the stadium. So it was a sellout against Lask with around eighteen thousand fans. But then in Europe, they open up that top tier. And in the Champions League and in Europa League games over the last uh, two years, it's been absolutely full and a really good atmosphere. So if you're an Eintracht fan considering making the trip to Salzburg, it's going to be a good one. It's, it's a really cool place to go. I mean, if I if I don't if I don't worry about one thing that uh, that lots and lots of people from Frankfurt are uh, going to go there or would go. I mean, they, they're going to sell every ticket they can. So it definitely will be sold out. Uh, if not by Salzburg, then by Frankfurt. And if they have 20,000 tickets for Frankfurt people, we would fill every <laughs> single one of those. Uh, because I think the trip is also it's by car, six hours maybe, if even five hours. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, a, it's a short... It's short trip, and uh, yeah. So I mean, of course, I would have preferred if you would have said like, yeah, you know, it fits thirty thousand, but usually in the Europa League game, maybe fifteen, eighteen show up because then I would say, perfect, we match that. So we it would mean that uh, we will have two home games. No, um, unfortunately, not. They're not so well supported in the league, but in Europe, the fans will be out in force for Salzburg. Yeah, but they don't know how to. They need to learn how to make a noise, and the Eintracht fans have got that <laughs> down. You know, you know, we have to, we have to battle it to to some of the external factors here. You know, like uh, um, definitely, we have to put that in in uh, in in perspective as well. That's that's one of the the cards of the aces that we have is our crazy supporters who go wherever. Yeah, you think you've seen crazy them. by going to Napoli? You think you've seen crazy by going to? this little place called Liverpool. Not so fast, my friend. Uh, <laughs> the noise is really brought by the Eintracht fans, and it is a noise of a, a deafening roar that uh, one has ringing in their ears long after they have left the match stage. So. And we have to make up from uh, losing uh, in the quarterfinals in 1994, right? So that's, um, uh, that's the other part, you know? Yeah, so... Yeah, no, and, I, and Adi Hütter, the, the manager, scored that day scored, for Salzburg. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's why. Um, yeah. There's some some stuff we have to make up, and Adi Hütter knows how to win this. And uh, yeah, Hütter so. knows Salzburg inside out. Yeah, he knows Salzburg inside out. And and that. Yeah. That that too. You know. So I mean, and of course we do have um, Ilzanka who knows Leipzig inside out and or Austrian style, like uh, Red Bull style soccer and together Definitely. with Hinteregger, you know, so there are a few I wouldn't say advantages that we have but uh, I mean, I'm definitely it's going to be a tight as, as, you, as you said, Tom, it's going to be a cool matchup. It's going to be super exciting. I think it's going to be Uh, if you had to pick one game out of that uh, day, so to say, uh, to watch in the Europa League, I think this should be the one you should you should see for many I reasons. So yeah, yeah, because who wants to watch Lask beat up on a as an Alkmaar team? I mean, <laughs> I hope that happens. You know, Dutch teams, happens. Dutch teams, the way that they are. Anywho's, um, Roman, I hope did so you make the prediction? Because I think you know Tom put his neck out on the line, and we might all we might as well all join, you know, yeah, all join. Okay, so I, I'll do it quick. So we, I say in Frankfurt, we're gonna win uh, 2-0. Uh, that's gonna be the thing in the return match. So that's gonna be exciting because also I hope it's gonna be peaceful. Uh, because you know there are these things, and we talked about a little bit in a pre and, and with Innsbruck, you know, and 
I don't know about the whole, uh, you know, I just hate this hooligan shit, you know, that just happens sometimes in these things. And especially the anti-Red Bull stuff, you know, I mean, I hate Red Bull to the guts as well, but, you know, I would never take it on, you know, on a, on a, on a non-verbal level. Um, so, you know, there's always this thing where, uh, you know, let's, let's hope it's going to be a peaceful uh, second game and we're going to win this one by uh, two to one. So, yeah, win both games. Or maybe, no, wait a second. So we win the first 2-0, and the second one will be a draw 1-1. Tense. Oh, It'll be tight. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. gosh, what? I mean, I thought I knew what I wanted, but, oh. <laughs> you know what? Screw it. Um, I think it's going to be one all in the... In the first leg, I think that the Eintracht will also have go um, maybe even 2-2 in the second leg. And Eintracht, if they're going to be going through, it's going to be going on goal difference over the course of the series. Because I really don't, because I really think that uh, uh, Salzburg really provides uh, with some pretty tough opposition from everything that Tom has told us. So, wrong. And of course, as they always sing, you know, erste Runde Brönnby, zweite Runde Wien, und dann befreien wir Saddam Hussein. You know, first round Brönnby, <laughs> second round of Wien, and then we liberate Saddam Hussein. And we, we go on the bike like Europa Erich Zabel to Bologna da, und weiter da, nach Neapel. Of Eintracht back in the day. Back, yeah, I think that was the one in 2000 something. When when was when we played Quentby? 2006, yeah. I think that um, was Yeah, but uh, yeah, and Wien on Saddam Hussein, you know, I mean, that is just the perfect rhyme, you know, like if you have Wien, <laughs> which other word do you use, you know, in, in a soccer, in a fr soccer friendly? is Saddam Hussein, you know, like, that's just perfect. Anyways, um, but at least we, 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 we go by bike like Erich Zabel, you know, so, yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. Anyways. Inventiveness been... in, the, in the ultras end. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, it's been good yeah. having you on the podcast. Before we get into too much awesome. more trouble, uh, where can we find uh, your uh, kind of social media work, your uh, football work, and uh, where can we find your podcast should people want to learn more about the Austrian Bundesliga? Sure. I think the easiest way to, to go about learning about the Austrian Bundesliga would be to find us on Twitter at Other Bundesliga. Um, and you can also go to otherbundesliga.com. As of this week, we've just launched our new website mm. and we've got some blog articles and stuff on there. Congrats. We've got loads of photo galleries. Thank you. Yeah, it's a big moment for us. So, yeah, we've got loads of photo galleries from all the stadiums we've visited. Um, yeah, interviews and stuff. And, and the, the links to the podcast are all on there. So find us on Twitter, I guess, would be the, the first and, and easiest way to do that. Cool. You should all definitely do that. That would be super cool. Yeah. I also enjoyed uh, talking to you, having you on, having you on the show, Tom. That was super cool, and I hope we'll play against the uh, Linzas car uh, um, later on, maybe for the quarterfinals and final. And then we would love to have you on again. Um, um, As or we all are Austrian on the team. way to Gdansk for the exactly. final, right? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> See you in Gdansk. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So I'm already looking forward uh, to playing the next Austrian uh, team, whenever it will be, and uh, hope, uh, yeah, you, you'll join us again. It was a real pleasure. And you yeah, could, my pleasure. Brian, bef Brian, before you ask me where you can find me, SFB Eagles on Twitter. And Brian, where can we find you and us? You can follow me uh, at KCSG on Twitter. Follow the podcast. That is at HEFpod. Follow the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash HEFpod for all the latest Eintracht news and features everything about the Eintracht Frankfurt in the English language. So from all of us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt from Roman, uh, thank you to Tom for joining us from the other Bundesliga podcast. Check them out as well. From all of us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, it's juice. Cheers. Hey,